been a full and exciting summer. We've had, uh, as Roshane talked about earlier, kids camp, and as you saw there, youth camp, vacation Bible school. I'm thankful that we as a church have many different avenues and ways to be able to worship the Lord and be able to teach our young, uh, young ones about Him. Uh, so thank you so much for all of the parents, all the chaperones, those that have allowed your children to go, that have gone and helped, some of you that have helped with funds to make it available for our youth and children and students to be able to do those sort of things. Uh, we appreciate that very much. This morning, if you would look with me in Genesis chapter 11, as we come to kind of the, the end of the summer here with school about to start back, we're going to um, be doing a few things differently for for students, for teachers, things are a lot different. But even here, we're going to take a break from the book of Genesis for a little while. We will come back and continue. But we're really at a, kind of a changing place here in the book of Genesis. Chapters 1 through 11, we're seeing a lot of the beginning things. Uh, we've seen the beginning of everything. We've seen some of the early lines and lineages and people. And we're about just here after chapter 11, we get to the point where the story turns toward Abraham and toward the beginning of the nation that will become Israel. And so before we get there, we're going to take a little break and we'll have a special emphasis for the month of August before we come back. But this morning we're seeing another, we've been looking at the story and the account of Noah and God working in his life for several weeks, and now we're going to see another story that I think is familiar to a lot of us, at least the, the big picture details of it. We're looking today at the Tower of of Babel. So as we look at this, this story, I want you to take just a moment, and if you can do this, I want you to kind of wipe clean all of the thoughts that you have about this story, because I know sometimes as we approach a text like this, especially if you haven't studied it recently, if you haven't been reading this text this week, we might come to a text with already thinking, I know this story, I know the points, I know what Brother Zach's going to say. I want you to get rid of that this morning and let's listen fresh and new uh, to this text and to the challenge that the Lord may have for you through it. And look with me in the text itself, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 11. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. What we see here, we saw through the story of Noah and God's account with Noah through Genesis chapter 9 and then the end of chapter 9 and chapter 10 we see more of the lineage of Noah it goes through the lineage of Noah and of his sons and as it goes through that and we see that the earth is repopulating and it shows us that that the population is growing and growing and there have been several generations then we come here to really what's going to be after Noah and his family leave the ark the first major settlement that we're going to see with people and it's when they come to this land that is given to us to be Shinar. So they come to this area of Shinar and they decide, you know what, this is a good spot. Let's build a city here. Let's build a city and let's make a big tower in the city. 
Let's make sure that this thing is recognizable. Let's make this something somewhere that people would want to live, somewhere where people would want to go and where they would want to settle. Let's make this a great city that will also make a great name for ourselves. Now, for those of you that are uh, real history buff type people, this city, this settlement, is the city that will eventually become Babylon. That Babylon. The Babylon that you know about. The Babylon that's going to become uh, a great city and a great nation. That's where the name comes from, right? This is eventually going to be given the name Babel. And then that name is interpreted as Babylon, and that's where the city comes from. And so this is the settlement that begins the great city of Babylon that we see throughout history. Now, I'm not one to chase rabbits, but I do want to clear up one thing here, because usually when people talk, or at least in a lot of the times I've heard people talk about this story, the emphasis is a lot of times on the tower. Right, we talk about the tower because, of course, it stands out because it's a tower, right? I thought that was going to be funny. Y'all didn't. Uh, so they, they're building the tower, and, and people say, well, they're trying to build this tower because they wanted to build a tower that was tall enough that they could get to heaven, and almost like they're going to, to build the tall tower, and then they're going to storm the gates of heaven and take over, and the tower itself is the problem. But I just want to be clear as we start here that that's not the case. I'm very convinced that that's not the case, and there's several reasons, and I'm not going to go through all the details of them, but I will give you just a couple of them. And the first one is, is the plan that they lay out here. The plan that we see in verse 4 says nothing about them becoming God. The plan that they have in verse 4 says nothing about them taking over, nothing about them reaching, getting to heaven, they want to build a tower with its top in the heavens. What they're saying is they want to build an extremely tall tower. No, their plan is not to try and take over heaven or to become God. Their plan is to try and make a city so that they don't get dispersed over the whole earth. That's what it says, verse 4. Let us uh, build a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And so in this context, in the, the scripture itself, it tells us the tower isn't so that they can get to heaven. The tower is so that people will want to live in this city. That's the plan here. And the other one is historically. I'm convinced historically from things I've studied that this, because this was uh, a pretty normal inscription. A lot of times in this ancient area in Mesopotamia and, and when they built cities, they would build a tall tower. A lot of times they were towers that were supposed to be a sanctuary to false gods and idols. But this is the type of inscription that you would see on a lot of those towers. Uh, that so-and-so built a tower that was tall enough that its top was in the heavens or that its top reached the skies or was in the clouds. They all wanted to outdo each one, one another by having the tallest tower. So I'm convinced that the problem here is not the tower. The, the plan here is not to try and reach up to heaven. No, verse 4, you can write these two things down if you're a really studious note-taker and you want to see the two things that we see here that are really showing us the issues that they have. The first one is they say, let us make a name for ourselves. We see in that a major issue that these people are dealing with. Part of their plan is to make a name for themselves, And then the second thing that they say is, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. 
point one that goes with those, they trusted themselves more than they trusted God. That's what we see here about these people. These people, from those statements, show me, show us, the Lord shows us in the Scripture, that they trusted themselves more than they trusted God, which I believe you could argue is really the root of all sin trusting ourselves or trusting things more than we trust God. Now, why do I say that? Why do I say from what they say there that they trust themselves more than God? Well, just one page back for most of us, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, when Noah and his family come off the ark, God tells them this, says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and what? Oh, that was y'all's cue. I'm sorry. I should have cued y'all up on that. I'm going to ask, and y'all are going to tell. So be fruitful and multiply, and what? Fill the earth. God says, my plan for you is to multiply, to grow in population, and to spread out and disperse and fill the whole earth. God tells that to Noah and to his sons. And so Noah's sons, as they start to be fruitful and as they start to multiply, say, you know what's a better? I know God said that we should spread out and fill the whole earth, but you know what's a better idea? What if we just stayed here together instead? And so that's exactly what they decided to do. They said, we want to stay together. Well, how can we do that? What's the best way to get everybody want to stay together? Well, let's build a, a beautiful city. If we build a beautiful city and if we build a, a huge tower, this, this fortified structure that's going to have a name for itself where people are going to talk about, have you seen at Babel? Have you seen the beautiful tower? Have you seen what they built? Have you seen what they've done? Then people will want to live here. People will be attracted to here. And instead of spreading out like God has told us to, what we can do is get everybody to stay here together. So they go directly against God's teaching. God said, spread out and fill the earth. They said, let's do something so that none of us spread out and we all stay together. And of course, we also see the sin of pride where they say, let us make a name for ourselves. These people, like most people throughout all of history that we see, become more concerned with their name and with their reputation and with their plan and with serving themselves than they do with serving God. Instead of working toward God's name and God's glory and serving God and, and worshiping God, they want to be worshipped themselves. They don't want people to say, how amazing is the God of these people? They want people to say, how amazing are those people? And so all of this plan, all of the plans that they have here are going directly against the express plans that God has given to them. Spread out and fill the earth. Let's stay together and do it ourselves. Instead of working for God's glory, let us make a name for ourselves. They choose their will over his will. And that's where we see the issue here. It's not the tower, right? All through history we see this issue. In our lives today we see this. It's not the specific thing that's usually the problem. It's the intent of the people using that thing, right? The Internet's not a problem. It's how people use the Internet. Right, it's not TV that's the problem. It's how we use and what we watch on TV. This problem. It's not the tower. There's nothing. The tower is a tower. It's a structure. It can't sin. It's a building. But the problem is they're building the tower so that people will speak highly of them, will praise them, will make a name for themselves. They're building the tower 
so that they will stay together instead of spreading out, which is exactly what God told them not to do. So the question is, what's God going to do about it? Look with me in, in verse 5 of Genesis 11. It says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible to them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Now, I do want to point out the irony of verse 5, which is comical to me. I've already seen today that it's probably not going to be comical to you because it is comical to me. But they, their plan, we're going to build a tower that's so tall that it's going to reach into the heavens. We're going to build the tallest tower that has ever been seen that reaches into the heavens. And then the very next verse, it says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. You see the irony of that? They thought they were building a tower that would reach to heaven, and God had to come down to see the top of the tower. Right? We can't do the things that God can do. But I digress. What do we see here, though? In verses 6 and 7, we see God's response. He comes down. He sees the tower. He sees the city. He sees what these people are doing. And he sees the corruption and the cooperation that these people have. They're very corrupt in their hearts. They're going against his teaching. But it's not just one or two of them. right? To build a tower like this in this day and time, they didn't have cranes, they didn't have bulldozers, they didn't have all these things that we have. For them to build a really tall tower, to build a fortified structure and city, there had to be a lot of cooperation. These people were all corrupt and they were all working together. So God said, if we allow them to continue to communicate, if we allow them to continue to work together and to stay together like they are, the amount of sinful things that they're going to do, there's no end to it. There's no telling what these people are going to continue to do if we allow these corrupt, these sinful people to stay together and to work together. This is just the beginning of how bad things are going to get. Point two. Their sin would know no end. These people, their sin would know no end if God didn't intervene and do something. Now, I know as we talk about school, many of you are teachers, or many of you have been teachers. Many of you have taught at least Sunday school or vacation Bible school and that sort of thing. And we ask you a question, and I think many of you are going to know. I don't have to go into great detail. You're going to know what I'm talking about. Have any of you ever had those two boys in your class before? You know those two. Well, you know the boys I'm talking about. You've had those two, and whenever I was in school... I was one of those boys, I know, go ahead, oh, we can't believe it. I was one of those, myself and Alan Davis, they learned out very, learned very quickly, all of our teachers, you will not let Zach Kilpatrick and Alan Davis sit next to one another in class or stand by each other in PE or walk by each other going down the hallway or any of those things. They would separate us as quickly as they could because what they realized is if you allowed Zach and Alan to sit next to one another, that whatever talking we were doing on the first day was only the beginning of how bad things were going to get. They said, if you let those two, they would spread the word, if you let those two sit next to each other, 
the mischief is going to get worse and worse, and there's no telling how bad things are going to get, so they would separate us, which is what we see God doing here, right? God's not worried. Sometimes people read this and they interpret verse 6 at the end where it says, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. And they say what God's saying there is that if I leave them together, they will reach heaven. They will build a tower tall enough and they'll finally get to heaven. But I'm just here to tell you today, if you don't know, that's not how it works. That's not how you get to heaven. Doesn't matter how, built, how tall the tower is, right? We've sent people to the moon. Some people say we've sent people to the moon. Some people say we haven't sent people to the moon. We're not getting into that this morning, but we've sent people really, really high before. They've never reached heaven, brothers and sisters. God was not concerned that these people, if he left them together, were going to reach heaven. We're going to take over. We're going to become him. No, God is God. Verse 5 makes it clear that he's not worried about these folks. He's not worried about them taking his place. Not only did it say in verse 5 that the Lord came down from where he was to see the city and the tower, but also the language of verse 5 makes clear the distinction between who he is and who we are. At the beginning of verse 5 it says, and the Lord, right, the personal name Yahweh, and Yahweh, the Lord, the God of everything, came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man, and that literal translation in Hebrew is the sons of Adam. Adam that God made out of dust, these are his children. These are his descendants. And the God that made Adam came down to see. God's not worried about us rivaling him. He is sovereign and he is completely sovereign. That's not what he's worried about. What God is concerned with here, what God is working to stop here, is the amount of sinfulness that these people are going to take part in if he doesn't intervene in some way. God is working to keep them from the destruction that they would bring among themselves if he allowed them to stay together. He is working to help these people to express and to live out the plan that he has for them. They want to stay together. He is going to work to scatter them. And how does he do that? Well, we see it in verses 7, 8, and 9, and we know this part of the story. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. What did God do? He didn't let them sit next to one another in class. He made it so that they couldn't understand one another. He confused their language and gave them different languages, and he dispersed them. He spread them out so that these sinful, corrupt people would not be cooperating and working together anymore. Point three, and I really, really want you to hear this one. If somebody next to you is asleep, wake them up. Our plans will fail without God. Our plans when our plans don't line up with his plans, they're going to fail every time. When we're following God's will, when our plans are his plans, when we want what he wants, things are going to be successful and things are going to go well. But when we see the picture here, we see the teaching in Scripture that when our plans are our plans and they go against his will and his plans, 
they're going to fail. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Also, Proverbs chapter 19, 21, and many of you know this verse. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And that's what we see taking place here. God says, here is my purpose and my plan that you will multiply and spread and fill the whole earth that I've created. And man says, I've got a different idea. We're not going to spread out. We're all going to stay together. But whose plan wins out? God's. God comes and he confuses their language and he spreads them out. And in the end, all of the things that they want, they get the antithesis of those things. They get the exact opposite of everything that they want. They all wanted to stay together in one city, and what happens? God disperses all of them. Their plan was all to be together, and in the end, they all get dispersed. They all get spread out. They also wanted to make a name for themselves. And when it says that, right, they mean a good name for themselves. They want this, they want everybody to remember them. They want to be legendary through all of history. And they end up being legendary through all of history, but not in the way they wanted to. We want everybody to remember how great we are. And in the end, they're remembered by the name Babel, which is what we use when we're talking about a baby and we say he's just babbling on. Or when we're talking about a preacher and we say he just babbles on all the time and never stops. A confusion of sounds or voices. A scene of noise or confusion. That's what they're known by. That's the definition of the name that these people are known by. They want a name and they get a name, but it's not the name they wanted. They want to stay together and they all get spread out. And we see this reminder Time and time again. It started in the garden. God said, I want you to stay here and to live in this garden and to keep this garden and to enjoy this, but don't eat that fruit. And Adam and Eve said, I've got a better idea. Right? Satan comes and, and talks to them and deceives them, and they say, I've got a better idea. What if we eat the fruit and we get to be God? And that doesn't work out well. That plan fails. They don't become God. They have to leave the garden, right? Sin enters the world and all of the problems with it. Here, God spread out. They say, no, we've got a better idea. What if we stay together? What if we do it our way? But I also want you to see this morning that it's not just these descendants of Adam here, not just these descendants of Noah here that deal with this. It's these descendants of Adam and these descendants of Noah. God says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all of these things that you worry about, food and clothing and all of these things, you seek me and my kingdom and I will add all these things to you. There's no reason for you to worry. And what do we do? We stay up at night worrying about things that we have absolutely no control over. Anxiety and nervousness, we just, they fill our lives worried about every little possibility and trying to think of every little scenario that we have no control over. God says, you, leave, you seek my kingdom and my righteousness and leave that up to me. And we say, you know what, I've got a better idea. I'm smarter than you, God. Let me worry about it and I can fix all the problems. And I'd ask you, how's that working out for us? God says, don't love money and don't have idols and things that you worship or seek more than you seek me. Right? We'll have no other gods before him. 
But what do we do? I don't even have to explain the idols that we have. I'm not even going to start naming the list of things that we put before him, things that we love more than we love him. And in the end, we end up spending our whole life chasing meaningless things because we think our plan is better than his plan. He tells us that he's enough, that when we have burdens and when our life is hard for us to come to him and to find to seek him and find solace and find rest in him but what do we do we say no i've got a better idea what if i find rest and and peace in some pills or in some alcohol or what if i what if i just make enough money that i'll have rest on my own and not need you god what if i get famous enough or, or popular enough and have a name for myself that i don't need you god and we try and live out that. And again, that doesn't work well. God says stay away from sin and we run to sin. And we can go over and over and over through the whole list. How every one of us live out the same way that the people of Babel and that Adam and Eve in the garden lived. God says here's the plan. And over and over again, people say, but I've got a better plan. I've got a different plan. And I'm going to live my way rather than your way. And in the end, our plans without God are always going to fail. Go ahead and expect it. If you make a plan as an individual, if your family makes a plan, if we as a church make a plan and God's not part of it, just go ahead and chalk it up. It's going to fail. Today or tomorrow or next week or next year, it's going to fail. It's not going to succeed so we might as well go ahead and try and make our plans line up with God's plan. We should go ahead and read his word and pray and seek his will and make sure that our plans and our will line up with his because that's the only way that we're going to find any way that there's going to be success in the plans that we come up with. But the thing that's so amazing to me is that this God who tells us his plans, who tells us his will for us, who tells us exactly what he would have us to do, and then we rebel against. We say, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to do it your, my way instead of your way. I'm going to come up with my own plan. I know more than you. That God who we rebel against and, and shame and, and speak about in that way loves us enough and is patient enough and is gracious enough that he was willing to send his son to die so that we, the ones who were wrong in the first place, could be reconciled to him. Right? We're the ones that owe that debt. We're the ones that have been dumb. We're the ones that have done things that we shouldn't have done. We're the ones that should be finding some way that God would forgive us, but instead he's made the way that we could be forgiven. He sent Jesus to come and to pay the price for our sins so that when we finally quit being so dumb and quit trying to do things our own way that we want to seek him that we want to be in a relationship with him that it's available to us that he's already sent his son and already made a way that we could be forgiven that we could be reconciled to him and it's just baffling to me that as we continue to rebel against him and continue to go our own way that he has already made a way that we could be forgiven of all of those really terrible decisions if you're here this morning and you've never been reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, I just want you to know that if today for the first time you're realizing 
that you've been doing it the wrong way, that he's already made a way that you could be reconciled. If you say, man, I wish I would have known up front that I needed him that much and I should have been following his plan that much, he's made a way so that today that everything can be made right between you and him and that you can begin following his way. But I think the question that we really have to ask ourselves, Christian, non-Christian, whoever you are here this morning, the question that we have to ask ourselves, I think, as we read this text is, whose plans am I following? Who's made the plans for your week this week, for your year this year? When you look at your family and your family's budget, who's the one that made those plans? Whose will are you following? When we as a church are planning for the next year, who has made the plans that our church is going to follow? Is it things that we want working toward our goal to make a name for ourselves, or is it following the plans and the will of God that he's given us in his word? We all have to ask that question. If you're here this morning, and you've been a Christian for a long time, but you realize that you've slipped and you're following your own way and not God's way, I think that this would be a wonderful time for us to repent of that, to ask for his forgiveness again. I told you he's patient. If you're here and you've never asked him that, never asked for his forgiveness, never asked, never given him lordship and control of your life, I think this is a wonderful time for you to do that. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. And we're going to have a time of invitation. And if you just need to pray right where you are, it's a wonderful time to do that. If you want to come and pray at these altars, come and do that. If you want me to pray with you, I would love to pray with you about whatever you're dealing with, about whatever questions you have. If you have questions you want to ask, I would love to try and answer those. But this morning, as we're reminded that it can't be about us and Him, that our life has to be about one or the other, I pray that we this morning would continue to humble ourselves and to lift him up. Let's do that as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned